Welcome back to the Stay at Home Sessions Volume 2 on the Two Track Mind podcast feed. I'm in bed. Where are you? Who? Who? Are... <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe the listeners, like, you know, think about where they are. Well, you can, surely Sorry. You, can, you can address me uh, normally. I, no. I do apologise. I do apologise. I'll, 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 uh, I'll be more formal. I'm Liam Toms, and with me as always is... Edward Crawley. And just in case anybody is, you know, on the edge of their seat right now, I'm in bed because I'm a lazy-ass bastard, not because of any illness or um, anything to be concerned about. I, I just fancy trying to uh, record a podcast in bed. Why not? Well, yeah, this is the time to, to try it, because when we're back allowed... It might be lock, a bit strange. Yeah, I don't want to rock up and you just say... Come on, then. You're on Sam's side. <laughs> I mean, as I was setting it all up earlier on, uh, like the, the you know, the microphone, what do, we, what do we call it? Stand, arm, whatever. I did think this is probably the closest that I'll ever get to uh, to making a porno. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> just, something, just something about it just seemed a bit strange, just clamping a mic stand to the side of my bed, but hey-ho. Um, uh, right. Well- What's this? What's this podcast about? Music, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, music. But it's nice that we've covered a bit of blue for the dads. Um, <laughs> what about you? What's your setup like? I have been um, moved into the um, the current building site that we've got going on at my house in the temporary kitchen, and I'm sat on the floor. So in many ways, my um, positioning is is quite decadent. Oh, I'd soon join you in the bed, to be honest. <laughs> you know, well, you, you, I wouldn't mind you it. Can't. You can't. What do you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Old ones are the best, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we dive straight in then? So we re- we last recorded what about two weeks ago? Uh, at which point there wasn't an awful lot to talk about, really, other than you know global pandemics and all that sort of thing. But uh, there wasn't a hell of a lot of music coming through. It no. seems as if in the in the last fortnight, everybody has started uh, releasing stuff. The floodgates just, are just, opened. Just quickly though, if you haven't listened to um, the last episode, we don't just talk about the global pandemic. Uh, so we did manage to find some stuff to talk about, um, but yeah, I did find that making notes for this episode was a damn sight easier. Like you said, it seems that there's been loads going on, and plus we had a bit of an idea to revisit something. Um, so yeah, I've got like five pages of notes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm clocking in about three pages. You say it was easier. It's actually quite difficult. I mean, I don't think I've written anything by hand for a while. Oh, behave. No, I don't. Well, I don't know the much reason to tell a lie. I've been doing quiz after quiz and that's all handwritten. So how many quizzes have you done there? Uh, I think we, we've done five now. Wow, we've done three. No, yeah, three, one, two. Oh, very good. I've only won one, but I, I led two of the quizzes, so. Oh, good on you. <laughs> so, right, let's without any further ado, let's jump into what have we been listening to? All right, so a couple of um, I, I was trying to think how I can address um this sort of listening to segment without going into too much detail. So it, it forces people to go and listen. Um, so I was thinking of doing maybe a top five countdown of singles in some sort of in one, 
in two, but I can't be bothered. Um, so what I have checked out uh, this week uh, to start off with is a new track from Kid Cudi. Not unusual, um, I guess, artist that we would mention, but we, you know, both of us listen to a hell of a lot of music and we've got an eclectic range. So Kid Cudi is someone that I listened to with his Man on the Moon album. Um, Pursuit of Happiness was the big single from that. And I absolutely loved that album. And then to be honest, he's released a few albums since, but I, I didn't follow them. But this song came up on my Spotify, so I had a check. It's called um, Leader of the Delinquents, and it is great. It's a great track. I love his vocal style and the way, the way he sort of, I guess, without sounding so naive about it puts a rhyme together you know the way he delivers it so love that track um another thing i'm loving is the new incubus ep that dropped i don't think it's this week but i'd only just found out about it when was it out it was april the 17th oh yeah so not oh yeah yeah so actually, yeah so actually i am pretty on it um they released a a an, a single called Trustfall in like 2015, and this is called Trustfall Side B. So I don't know if it's new tracks. I, I haven't, because I only listened to it today, I haven't done any digging, but it might be that they're from that session when they were recording that single, but it's um, right. a five track EP. Um, and I think it's great. Why, why can I hear seagulls? Because I just accidentally pressed play. Oh, okay. I, um, so I do apologise if that's come up. I was just going on to do the track listing, and the only way I could do that was Spotify. Um, but yeah, that is a great EP. Um, if it's new stuff, that's exciting. Um, what else? The Used dropped a new single called Catherine Cathedral Bell. Sorry. Oh yeah, that came up on my uh, release radar. I did well, listen to it though. Uh, there's that noise. <laughs> it's shite. Don't listen to it. Oh, okay. okay. It is not good. They've done that whole, we better try something new. We better try a different sound. And I get there's progression and people move on. And in fact, one of the singles I told you that I'd listened to, because you said, what have you listened to? They've, you can tell the progression there, but it works. And this just, like for me, hasn't worked. So that's a no from me. Um, one that I said to listen to was the new Enter, uh, Enter Shikari um, single. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't realise that a full album has been released, but that was mm-hmm. that's the lead single of it. So I haven't listened to the full album. Um, and the track's called Satellites. Satellites. And I think it's all Satellites. right. I think it's okay. I yeah, don't, think it's, I a, I don't it. think it's a bad track. I liked it musically. Um, I don't mean this with any disrespect to the... The front man, what's he called? Rue Reynolds. Yeah. Reynolds, right? Yeah, um, Reynolds. I didn't, I, I don't really like his vocals. I don't think they're bad vocals. I just don't particularly like them. So I, I, I think that sort of limited how much I enjoyed it. But I'd say musically, like if it was anybody else that I did like, I probably would have really enjoyed the song. I think the first, like, uh, maybe like 20 seconds did sound quite like the 1975. And then it sort of like kicked him in like the, the sort of drum and bass that they're, you know, sort of known for infusing into their music. And um, yeah, it didn't sound so much like 1975 after that, but I still enjoyed it. Have you been keeping an eye on their career at all? 
not not really sort of a passing interest. Um, to me, it sounds like they've gone a bit back to say, um, not quite take to the skies that first album because that was heavy with the mix of sort of uh, key sounds and electronic sort of drum and bass, um, and then common dreads, I think. But it, it, it's it's definitely an earlier inspired sound because it's definitely not like the spark the last album um that stuff's been quite eclectic hasn't it i mean it's yeah they've had they've really been up and down with it some i've really liked and some i've just i've been like nah this ain't for me one of the albums i swear was quite rocky just straight out sort of british rock uh but i was i was pleasantly surprised by satellites um what else i think in terms of new tracks there was nothing um you know, I, I, it's difficult to know how much to listen to because otherwise you can't sort of take it in. But I would just like, if it's okay with you, to do uh, a set of lyrics, if that's okay. I haven't worked out an accent, so I might just go back to Welsh, or I could do Irish, I suppose. I was born under Terry Terrace. Put my pyjamas on. I turn on Amazon. Ain't never going to go outside. Go outside again. With a point and click, I can order all of it. Ain't never going to go outside, go outside again. I just want to stay at home and never work again. So I bought the best computer in the world. And now I eat pizza, watch movies all day, download new... <laughs> I'm losing the accent, so I'm going to quit it there. Need more oh, food, text delivery dude. It is, and I told you to listen to it. The For a long time, that sounded like the, uh, well, it sounded like the Craggy Island uh, National Anthem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's the acrobats pajamas on um yes, I did listen and it, to it. it's it's purely coincidental that uh well as you said i should have let you say that sorry um because i didn't do much homework on it but you worked out it is purely coincidental that it coincides with all of us st- staying inside yeah so if anybody listening managed to look past the uh the irish accent and listen to what those lyrics actually were or could um decipher what was being said uh yeah what is it is what how does it go put my pajamas on i turn on amazon yeah i'm never gonna go outside go outside again it's about amazon and how we're all sort of i I see the bigger picture it's about how we're all just obsessed by amazon i suppose Um, it's a massive coincidence it's almost as much of a uh sort of like prophetic view of things as the uh the darkness's album Easter is cancelled. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was well in advance, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, couldn't, couldn't have predicted that, could they? No. Very strange. Um, yeah, I didn't mind the song, The Acrobats. We, we spoke a little bit about it in the week. Um, we both agreed that it sounded more real big fish than Acrobats. Yeah, it did sound that it could have been on a recent real big fish album. Yeah. Uh, no, so no, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I don't know. Well, so I, I've written a couple of notes, which if you'll give me t- two or three minutes, I'd like to just explain my views. Well, I've got it. all the time in the world. You take your time. So acrobats, they've got the acrobats super show, which is huge. They wear costumes. I've seen them live. They come on stage. They fight aliens. They are a silly band. All right. Um, but what they normally do, is they do it with a sense of credibility. So you've got songs like the big songs, Super Rad, like Martian Girl, Pizza Day. 
they're all silly lyrics, but they're 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 really they're good songs, and the lyrics are clever. There's 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 being silly to a point for just the sake of being silly, and then there's you can you can be a silly comedian, but if you do it with a sense with with um with wit. It you know it works, and I just think this for me is lazy from them compared to some of the silly songs they've done in the past. So I was, uh, and it got me thinking: what other silly songs are there and bands? And one that sort of just jumped to mind was is um, "Infant Sorrow." Now, do you does that? Yeah, the uh, the one from the Russell Brand film. Get him to the yeah, Greek. get him to the Greek. So they've got songs like "Bangers, Beans, and Mash," "The Clap." You know, um, going up. Let's get fucked. Yeah, let's get fucked. But they're done in such a way that, that it doesn't matter that they're quite tongue in cheek lyrics, quite silly. You know, a song about getting the club. Well, it's, it's written because it's written it's, for the film as well. Yeah, but but I, I've I've got that album. You know, I listen to that album in full without ha- watching the film because it's done in such a way that it, it's got some credibility to it because it's good music, and that is what because. Funny enough, I'm going to do a blast from the past, and it's an Aquabats album to prove this. I'm going to do a newer one of theirs, Charge, which I say new. It's still like 2005 or something. It's got songs like Fashion Zombie, Tiger Rider versus uh, The Time. Um, it was a, I love that album, and it is still silly, but it's silly in a way which has taken some thought. And I don't know if they've hit it with pyjamas on. Um, sorry, I didn't do my blast from the past um, sound effect. So I can know. drop it in if you like from a previous well, yeah, episode, only, or I can blast from the past. Just put that at the beginning. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I wasn't impressed at all, to be honest. I, I felt like it was a bit weak from them. I, I expect better from them because you know the Acrobat Super Show is hilarious and clever, and I just felt I've like never this seen was a it. Bit, oh, it's Where good. Um, it's it's. I think it's on YouTube, and they've they've just started a Kickstarter to get it back up because the that was it. The channel they were on has been cancelled, so they've started a Kickstarter to fund it. Okay. Um. But yeah, I was I felt a little bit let down. So that's they're the tracks I've listened to. What are yours? But it's sorry, just was you on that. So it's not a uh, one off though, is it? It's the it's the first single from. A new album well, from them. Second single, they've um, oh. "Skeleton Inside of Me," which is. Have actually you listened to that one? Yes, uh, it's much better. Okay, "Kooky Spooky," um, the album. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does that yeah, your boat? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. "Skeleton Inside" was released in 2019 in October of 2019 so there's you know there's a big gap so i guess they've been wondering what to do maybe um but yeah they're both on the album okay i'll check out the other track as well yeah that's yeah i i I did enjoy that one you were talking about um charge that was a good album yeah but you know fury the acrobats was a great album you know they've got a lot of good albums pool part another silly song pool party but it's clever you know there's a big difference Anyway, what what have you listened to? I've done my bit. Uh, I feel like I've listened to quite a few songs that have actually been recorded whilst we've all been in lockdown. Oh, very um, relevant. Some of which 
I've enjoyed, some of which I'm not sure on. Um, and it tends to be that if they're about us being in lockdown, not so great. If they're just yeah. songs that have been made, I don't mind them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you my, uh, my my working out on that. Yeah, um, good. So two artists, two artists that I like, uh, Punchline and uh, and Ben Gibbard of uh, Def Cab for Cutie fame. They've both done uh, songs about the current situation. Uh, Punchline's one is Just Stay Home. Ben Gibbard's uh, one is Life in Quarantine. Now, yeah. I like both of the songs. There's nothing wrong with them. But there's something about the lyrics, about this situation, that I'm not sure if I want to listen to it. No, I'm, a, I'm in rather, agreement there. I'd rather I'd rather listen to something completely different or at least something a bit more I don't know metaphorical about what's going on rather than quite as uh, as literal as these are it just I didn't want to put it on my playlist and and have it on you know on my mix or my shuffle coming on and just reminding me what I already know yeah in a year's <laughs> um, time when you've forgotten to take it off yeah 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 you're absolutely right like I think that about quite a lot of things right now. I just think, you know, am I going to want to remember this? Probably not. Um, but Charlie XCX, she's done this whole thing where she's kind of been like co-creating uh, songs and artwork and videos with her fans mm-hmm. um, so that they've been helping her to like uh, put together the, you know, the, the art for this single, uh, which is called Forever. Uh, yeah. And they've in like loads of video clips and it's not, it's not just people dancing to the song. It's like people doing various things. Uh, and also like not just clips from people from the last couple of weeks, like just video clips that people had of like, I don't know, parties and different stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, the song's really good as well. Really enjoyed that. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was good. Um, I spoke a while ago about a band called All We Are. Because I, yes. I use them as like my, um, my reference point for some of the Hayley Williams stuff. Yep. They've started to put out some new songs from their album that's coming out soon. Uh, and it's quite different. I mean, it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's recognisable as them, um, but it's, it's got like a much more of a kind of like a disco sort of funk vibe. Um, uh, you might like it. So yeah, I, I, mention I, it today. I, I was going to check it out um, the first time you mentioned it, but I don't know why I didn't get around to it. Well, the, the, the first album, I want to say it's their first album, because I've missed the second one altogether. Uh, so this is their third, I think. But the first album was a bit more sort of like uh, quirky, kind of indie, almost like chill out sort of stuff, but not too far removed from like Zero Seven or something like that. Okay. But yeah, this is a bit sense. more, um, yeah, it's a bit more sort of 70s disco style. But, you know, nice. in an incredible way. Not like a Rolls Royce or something like that. Um, <laughs> and then there's been, there's been a couple more ones from Hayley Williams as well, hasn't there? Oh. Um... I don't know if you've heard any of those. Over it was the one that oh, over, over it. Yet. Yes, I've heard. I've heard over it, so I can I can talk. About Sorry, it. I, I got it wrong. It's it's over yet. <laughs> well, she says it enough, so I'm surprised neither of us knew it. <laughs> Have you seen the video for that? I haven't seen the video. It came on. Um, the song came on, and I was like, "Oh, I recognise that voice." Um, yeah. See, these ones that she's put out now. To go back onto what we said uh, when we were reviewing the first few tracks that she put out. This is almost more what I would have expected. From yes, her. yeah, I definitely thought that, and actually, I think I prefer some of the other stuff. That's a bit more mm. different. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the ultimate plan is. I don't know whether all of these are going to just be bundled onto that album that's due, 
or whether some of them are going to end up as B-sides or what. Yeah, maybe maybe that EP was coming to see what sort of um, numbers it did and whether or not how long they leave the album release because there's probably an album's worth of songs there. Yeah. But yeah, not a bad track. Not my favourite, She's Done. No, I think there were some of the others were more interesting, weren't they? Yeah. Earlier batch. Uh, what else is there? Uh, oh, the Gorillas one that I mentioned to you about. This oh yes, loved that. I was so happy to hear that because some of the songs they've released in recent years I've not enjoyed. Well, um, I've been out of the frame. Like I've not really kept up with them. I sort of dipped in and out, you know, since that first album back in well, whenever it was, two thousand and one. Well, that um, leading baseline from I don't know if Peter Hook actually. Yeah. Um, See, this is why I told you to listen to it because it's very, um, it's very reminiscent of some of his other stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I absolutely. I thought it was a, a dominant feature. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good, and I think Damon Albarn's vocals sound good on it. Um, the way he's he's done that, and I thought, yeah, I thought it was a really cool track. Actually, really cool. So they've done two more before this recently. And I think they're sort of slowly releasing them, and it's going to build up into an album. Yeah, the first one I didn't. Enjoy, the first one I. I'll, I'll see if it was the first or the second. I'll be able to tell you when I I'll see have, the name. I'll of have it. to go back. Go one back. of them I really up. didn't enjoy. Um, I'll tell you what one it was. Uh, oh, the theme tune one, Song Machine theme tune. It's okay. got a funny green cover and a set of keyboards on on the front. I haven't listened to number the episode one. Um, episode two I have not listened to, but the theme song I did not enjoy. Okay, I'll, I'll go yeah. back and listen. I like the whole idea of gorillas. Like, I kind of wish that I'd sort of been a bit more into them and and sort of followed it because I do like all the art of it, you know. And I think it would yeah. be a cool thing to to see one of the live shows, with, you know, all the production that of that. Yeah, I watched the Glastonbury live set, and that got really appalling view, uh, oh, reviews. Really? When, when was, was that? Not, it was not was that last year, or no, 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 no. This was a few years ago. They stepped in for someone last minute. I think it was the year, possibly. <laughs> D- Dave Grohl broke his leg, maybe. Right. Or Foo Fighters are someone... out. Whack that cartoon on. No, 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 because they didn't. That's the thing. They didn't do it. They did it as a live band. And I don't know if it's got those first performances that they did at like Manchester MEN Arena. And you see some of the footage from that. And they're not actually on stage, they're behind it. And they've done the whole. That's different. This was them. Yeah, it it didn't go down well. It was just, it was, I'll tell you when it was because they just released the Plastic Beach album. Um, uh, let's go on Spotify because I still had it. So that was 2010 they released that album. So we're talking like Blimey. probably 20, 2010, 2011. Um, and it was not received well. Mm. Yeah, it could have all, it could have been 2010 because that album was released in March. Fair but, enough. Uh, but in fairness, they were, gi- they were only Sorry, given like two weeks' notice, I think. So. Well, I'm not sure that I could do very good at Glastonbury of two weeks' preparation. As a headline, sir. <laughs> No, or, or otherwise. Oh, I'm your best mate and I'll watch it with two weeks' notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> no, right, I've, got, I've, I've got a couple of songs I listen to, um, but I've, I've combined them into a, uh, a small feature. Oh, segment. good. 
that I want to call Strangest Things. Oh, like have we like strange, are we allowed to play like stranger, the stranger things? things? No, I've got, I think we all got it. <laughs> but I'm saying strangest things. No, no, no. no the, re- the reason it's called strangest things is because I'm going to say two weird things that I've heard, and you can tell me which one you think's strangest. You ready? Yep. Right. One. Peter, Bjorn, and John covering the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they intend to release this as a single, but it was a full 20, oh, sorry, 20, sorry, two minute 20 video of them playing it. So hold on, I thought I was having to do which one was the strangest. Well, that's just number one. Number oh. two, All Saints featuring Sting, Jesus. Message in a Bottle. Oh my God. <laughs> now, Caveat, as you as you know, I yeah. really like All Saints. I think the last two albums have been fantastic. I think Chazney is a great um, well vocalist and songwriter, and they've surrounded themselves even back in the day with you know a good team of songwriters and and producers. I when I saw the little tease that they were doing this, my first thought was just sheer confusion at what was going on because it was them and Sting, obviously Sting being part of the original artist that recorded this song. Um, And I was a bit like, oh God, this could be awful. But I'm pleased to report it's really good. Is is, it? It is good in the same way that I think their cover of um, Under the Bridge back in the day was very good. Oh, fair play to them. Yeah, does not it, bad at all. Does it change your mind if I tell you that Sting's last tour was a co-headline with Shaggy? <laughs> didn't they do... Well, actually, to be fair, didn't they do an album together of songs Yeah, they, or they, did, a, they did an album together because obviously Sting is world-renowned for his hip-hop R&B roots. I mean, I would say that that is probably stranger than All Saints. Sting well, I'll check, that, I'll check that out. I'll, I'll listen to that. Yeah. No, I thought it was really good. So, up to you. Which one is the strangest thing? Well, I think because you've liked, you've said how much you like the aqua, I'm going with the Curb Your Enthusiasm, Peter, Bjorn and John. I mean, I really like that as well. But oh. there was a point There was a point in that where it wasn't even really um, recognisable as the Curb thing. Oh, right. It just sort of like descended into kind of just like noise and feedback. But they're a great band and I love them. So... Have you, um, in my mind, have you? I don't know why they'd be on your radar. I don't suppose you've seen any of the, um, oh, I can't believe I've forgotten his name, Gary Barlow. Um, no, co- uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Collaborations, Collaborations he's been doing. I, I, it rings a bell, but I, I can't say I've listened to anything. Well, he's done. <laughs> couple of them are right they're not too bad uh he's obviously done with one with robbie williams uh some uh he does one with becky hill which is really really good and then he does one with cliff richard (laughs) (laughs) which is yeah he's done one with wife's dream he does one with james bay um Nile 
Quinn or whatever his name is from One Direction. Oh, yeah. He's done one with yeah. Uh, who else has he done them with? They're called the Crooner Sessions. I, I'd suggest. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen something about this now. Go yeah, back and check some of them out because some of them are okay. like people playing guitar. But he, <laughs> the one with <laughs> Cliff Richard is hilarious. But so how does it been... work? Is it so? So he's like recording part of it, and then the people they send their bit in, or that sort of then thing. Yeah. So in the videos, they're next to each other as if they've been recorded and then mildly edited. But okay. you need to you need to watch some of Gary Barlow's facial expressions because he gets so into it. <laughs> well, this maybe this is where we can slide uh, a little bit into talking about various live streams and stuff that's going on right now because there's quite a few artists that are doing this sort of format, aren't they? The, obviously, the Goldfinger ones where they've re-recorded some of the songs. Yeah, well, I've got a question for you on that. Being being a Goldfinger expert, do you think that they have recorded those parts individually, sent them into John Feldman, and he's edited it all together, or do you think John's recorded the whole lot and they are just playing it along for the video? Uh, I, yeah, I did think about that. I really don't know. It's definitely John's vocals now. Yeah. Um, but that isn't too hard to do. He's a, a you know, a Grammy winning record producer. So it, uh, for him to have the equipment to be able to do it all, um, he's got it in abundance. I really don't know. I haven't put much thought into that, to be honest, but very possibly. I, th- I think they've all got, it looks like um, Charlie has had to go to a studio to record some of his. Um, the <laughs> yeah. latest. Yeah, John's got the idea and he's like, sorry, Charlie, you're going to have to book some studio time. But, well, Charlie know, should, be, the, should be able to find some in the Superman one. He's in his in his house because his dog's there. Um, mm-hmm. But in the first one, um, yeah, he was in like a practice room type. Yeah, so I don't thing. know. I, I, I think if he floated that idea, all of them seem like they'd be up for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but to be fair, I mean most of them, from what we know of those people that are in that band currently, they've they've been around for a while. They they probably have got some sort of home studio that they can. Track well, something in. We know Mike Carrera has, um, because yeah. of his Friday night life in quarantines. Hmm. Which But there's a few I... others that have done the same sort of thing. Like I I was watching one that Jimmy at World have done with um I think it's the singer from Best Coast. Do you know that band? Okay. That sort of tweendy kind of um act. But yeah, that was pretty good. And it's a similar sort of thing. Uh and the Bannock ladies have done quite a few of them as well. Yeah, I saw I saw I've seen a couple of theirs, they're quite cool. Yeah, and there's, there was a church's one which was quite cool because that was done um, in a more sort of organic style because obviously church's music's mostly sort of electronic and uh, keyboards and synths and all that sort of thing, uh, but it was done sort of more sort of what am I trying to say? Oh, natural. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, full band is what is the note that I made, but you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah. More like guitars and bass than yeah synths. So that was quite interesting. That was like a different take on the song. And I do quite like the Goldfinger ones. I mean, it's it's kind of cool hearing some of those older songs updated. But yeah, it just seems to be a bit of a trend, doesn't it, at the moment? And I suppose if you can do it, why not? One of my favourite video ones, so it's not necessarily a live stream, is one of the Billy Joe ones. And it's... Yeah, so he's his... doing what? It's a weekly cover, isn't it, that he's recording? 
Yeah, uh, what are they called? Monday something. Um, yeah, no fun Mondays. No fun Monday. So a couple have liked, a couple I haven't. The one that I really, really love is um, his cover of uh, Manic Monday featuring Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles. Um, that's, I think that's great. I think that sounds awesome. That's and my favourite that... I think he's done. I know that's not the one that he's put up now for stream on Spotify, is it? That's No, the... I'm not so keen on that one as it happens. I think it's a bit one dimensional. Yeah. So I, I think do... you're I think I'm with you actually. I think it was yeah, the Manic Monday one was my favourite. Yeah, so the the one he's just put up to um as a single is I think we're alone now. Yeah. But it's all a bit formatted for me and I, I you know I think we're not and then it the chorus is slower you know and he goes to palm muting almost and then it goes back into a faster uh a louder sounding verse and then a slightly quieter chorus so I, th- I you know I, I like it I think I love his vocals on any track I think he's such a great singer and a really versatile singer as it for someone who you wouldn't expect it of being in a punk band um, but I, yeah, the Manic Monday one I think is great, and she's really going for it in her parts of the video. What I can work out was, it, is that her now, or is that like some old footage or something? No, that, that's just... that's she's aged very well. That's her now. Wow. Yeah, you should YouTube it. Is um because they. No, I've seen it. I just couldn't work out whether it was old footage or not. No, no, that's new. That's new footage that she's um. Yeah. She's recorded. Fair enough. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? So, any other streams that you've been tuning in? Well, obviously, obviously the Ben Gibbard be... one, the Mike Carrera ones. Obviously, Frank did... Um... Still going strong with those. Yeah, every Thursday. But they're, they're so good. Um, you know, fair play to him for doing it. And he's raised so much money. Um, yeah, I mean, when he was doing the one the other day, what was it Tunbridge Wales Forum, wasn't it? Yeah. And... Uh, he asked his wife, didn't he, um, sort of how much they were on. I think she said, like, oh, just coming up to four grand. And he's like, he's like no, come on, we want to get to ten grand. So he's like, he's got this figure in his head now that he can raise through doing these. So any of these venues that he picks, like, they're just like, as soon as he says it, they must be like, we're going to get ten grand. Well, yeah, Joyner's got, like, 16. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, Which is just it, mad. Yeah. But fair play. Fair play to the guy. Um, one of the more unusual ones that I've watched a little bit of, <laughs> which could have been in the Strangest Things um, section, actually. Yeah. Uh, have you seen any any of Sophie Ellis Baxter's um, stuff? Can't say it's um, reached me. <laughs> I saw it. Sort of uh, came onto my radar. I don't even know how. Um, and I was like, "Oh God, what's that?" And didn't think a bit more of it. Um, but then it popped up again. I want to say maybe someone on Twitter had retweeted it. And yeah, I, I couldn't resist just looking. So basically she's she's in her lounge. She's yeah. got like disco lights and stuff going around. And she's singing over, I guess, the backing tracks for um, uh, her old songs. But she's got her kids running around and she's like parenting while she's singing her song. It's really so, weird. So <laughs> it's she's really, singing, really she's... weird. She's singing Murder on the Dance Floor while the kids are going well, ape the, shit. The one that I was watching was Take Me Home. So she'll be like, 
Take me home. Take me home. Stop punching your sister. I know you do, 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 do. That's better. Take me home. <laughs> I just, I couldn't stop watching it. It was so where's strange. The, where's the front man of the feeling during all of this? Why isn't he saying, get to bed? <laughs> you know that's who she married, right? Is it? Oh, yeah. I lose track. I forget who's who. Yeah, the, the front man of the feeling and Sophie Ellis-Bexter. I think I get confused with Fern Cotton because isn't she married or in a relationship with the guy from Reef or someone who plays in Reef now? Yeah, he plays in Reef who also happens right. to be uh, Ronnie Wood's... Is it Ronnie Wood? I don't know. One of the um, one of the Rolling Stones' sons. Okay. Yeah, he not, is... Not the one, we, not the one we met. We, we met Mick Jagger's son, didn't we? Yes, no, no, she's not married. She's not married Mick Jagger's Him. son. Um, he was a bit younger. She's married, uh, yeah, it's Ronnie Wood's son. Uh, right, didn't know that. I've been enjoying her um, Sounds of the 90s uh, show on BBC Sounds. Oh, yeah, I haven't checked that out yet. Yeah, quite enjoy it. Um, I don't mind Fern. I think she's all right. Yeah, I don't I mind her. We grew up with her on TV, and I think she seems like a pretty decent person. I think her heart's in the right place most of the time. The Sounds did a, I think it's about an hour and a half gig on Friday night. Uh, I didn't oh, see yeah? it because I was I was doing one of my uh, quizzes. <laughs> um, so I've got that to look forward to. That's oh, on nice. YouTube now. Because um, they're in Sweden, and I think, I think the, the rules are pretty relaxed in Sweden. And they didn't have a lockdown, did they? No, I've kind of lost track of, of what's what and where. Um, but yeah, so I'll watch that at some point this week. But it's, it's, it's challenging trying to keep up with it all, isn't it? Yeah, I've sort of, well, I'm, I'm back to work uh, somewhat and I, I'm just struggling to um, <laughs> to keep it all, to, to sort of remember it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's good. They, they certainly, I really enjoy um, the Mike Carrera ones. Um, on a Friday night and I always watch all of them and he sort of is chucking in new songs every so often. It's good. He, um, well, let's say he, they've put out um, a deluxe version of that self-titled album. They have, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I listened to a couple of the songs and it sounds pretty much in keeping with the rest of the album in terms of quality. As you'd think, wouldn't you? I mean, that is a great album though. Like It did just remind me how good that is considering like where they're at in their career like there's not many bands particularly in their style that are whatever it is 20 25 years in that put out an album that is potentially the best it's yeah just, it's just so rare so no, rare it's my favorite uh, uh, it's my favorite album they've done but that sort of thing kickstarts it well sort of restarts a career doesn't it for bands because then people go back and i think you even said it yourself that you were going back and listening to some other stuff yeah, it's been great. I've I've really enjoyed it. He gets a lot of um, good press on this show, doesn't he? Oh, I was listening have to, to mention the uh, it again when I was uh, going back and listening to some of the old open mics. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, I got to the one where I saw him at, um, <laughs> at Brixton. Oh, the God. whole story about the uh, what were you drinking? <laughs> Just a beer. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, right, I've got another feature. You ready for it? Yeah. So, something else that was supposed to be this weekend, uh, but didn't happen. Record Store Day. It was supposed to be yesterday. Obviously, it's been delayed till June. 
Yeah. Uh, but did you see any of the stuff um, that they put out about um, sort of still supporting the stores anyway? No. They were they were calling it Record Store Day, Fill the Gap. That was so, it, yes. I did, I so did I, see that. So I'm sti- And basically they were just encouraging you to buy something from your local store uh, that's missing from your collection. Uh, so I've got a little uh, jingle for this segment, if you'll entertain me. I will. Can I just have a quick drink of water before I do this? Because I don't want to fuck it up. Yep, the water will save you, won't it? Right, you Sound ready? a lot better now. Fill the gap. Sorry? Fill the, gi- the gap. Thank God you took that water, because I dread to think what it would have sounded like without it. <laughs> so I asked you, didn't I? I said, is there anything in your collection that you could uh, potentially have turned to to uh, fill of the gap? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the comedic rustling of the paper. Um, yes, there, there's a, there is a couple. Um, I don't want to just pick any old random shite, like, oh, I could have this, oh, I haven't got this Fleetwood Mac album, because that would be pointless. So I've tried to keep it relevant and more recent, so more like, why haven't I? So I don't have the latest Basement album beside myself on vinyl. Um, came out in 2018. I don't know why I don't own it. I, I It obviously came out. I knew it had come out because I loved the um, the first single. Um, I just never bought it. It's the only Basement album I don't own. I just I don't. It's not in my collection, and it's readily available. So I don't, I don't know why I don't own it. There you go. I Perfect could also, uh, just to chuck it in there, lots of Green Day albums. I yeah, don't have I, I don't have Uno which, Trey, do, uh, Uno Dos Trey. I don't have Dookie. Mm. I don't have Warning. Um, Starts to get pricey. Yeah, but I think I've got about six. Uh, so there's about, and there's, so there's probably six again that I don't own. Um, and I'm just like, now it's got to the point where I'm just like, oh, I'll keep searching eBay for first editions and stuff. But none, they rarely come up. And if they do, they go for silly money. So, yeah, they, they were the two ones that I instantly thought of because I knew I didn't have basement. And I know there's a few green days missing. Well, I had to look through. I've got a couple of Frank albums, the Sleepers of the Week, which I know you've got, uh, and Poetry of the Deed I'm missing. Oh, I'm missing. Um, I'm missing all of his bar and, sleepers for the week. Uh, I'm missing damage from Jimmy Eat World. I don't have that. Oh, yeah. I was going through at the beginning of the year. I was going through. If you remember, like, this is what inspired that um, final rant segment that I did. Uh, which, thinking back to that now, seems very uh, petty in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was I was actually trying to fill some gaps in my collection, and uh, this is sort of pause that but the tricky thing is so i'd have quite gladly you know sent um some money even just you know for a pre-order or whatever squares way but they square obviously being our local record store but they um they're not open at all like they're not even doing home delivery or anything they did do it for a little bit but i think once the lockdown came in um they stopped doing that because they don't really have a web store or anything like that so really i'd have had to have done maybe something from banquet Oh yeah, but I I didn't. So <laughs> oh, so maybe the, this segment is in vain. But I 
I will at some point. Well, yeah, I don't, um, I'm sure if I'd spent more time looking through, I'd find a few more that I'd go, oh, yes, I don't have that. Um, but I think the basement one was the, the biggest one uh, I, I realised off the top of my head. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, thanks for that. <laughs> well, do, do, you so want some, for... do you want some more? What was that? Again, I was, I was trying to find, to, just to, I was quickly going through my most listens to on Spotify, <laughs> and I, I, just to see if anything come up that I could say, oh, actually, I don't have this album. You know, a lot of mine are older, though, um, that I probably don't have. So I'm not, I don't really want to count them because it's almost, I wasn't, maybe I wasn't buying vinyl when I first started listening to them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they're they're ideal ones to go back and um, yeah. All right, so I don't have the darkness. Permission to land. I'd love oh, that. Yeah, that's a good one. I've got that on pitch uh, disc. They never released head automatic, did they? <laughs> oh, sorry, I've pressed play again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, I can't say I've ever seen it. Maybe it does exist. You carry on. I'll I'll, I'll do a little bit of research into that. Um, Maximo. Park first album. It's it was it's pretty rare to find to be honest, but I don't have that. But it, it was released in minimal numbers when it first came out, so it is pretty tricky to get hold of. And all of the Motion City soundtrack albums. Oh well, that's a big gap. Yeah, but I'd only probably try and get about four of them. So I'm not. I I, I wouldn't mind having the because I've got. The deluxe My Dinosaur Life that they did with the seven inches, yeah, for each song. Bloody yeah. hell, what is it? Sound like status quo starting up in your lounge, uh, nah, 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 nah. yeah. I don't have those arms either. The status quo, um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't mind getting the the actual the sort of the basic 12 inch of the um, My Dinosaur Life album, yeah. You're a, you're a um, a full completist, a completist. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> other <laughs> exclusives beginning with C. So, moving on. Um, have you got any other segments before we get into the main topic of the day? Uh, let me just have a quick look for my... For my notes set. Can you hear that? Yes, loud and clear. Well, it's all fake. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'd happily talk about um, Infant Sorrow and get him to the Greek again if you want as a film and as an album but I don't think we can save that for another episode because that's going to require yeah, a yeah, few exactly. hours um, Right so one of the things that we thought would be fun to do whilst we're doing the stay at home sessions is to kind of uh, pick and choose from each of our different shows on the feed uh, and today we're going to revisit a classic, say classic uh, our, our debut top five episode, which was about debut albums from the uh, the noughties. Yeah, uh, and I'd, I, now I'd say on the show we did we did our sort of main top five, but you were interested in talking about some of the ones that um, we didn't get time for. Yeah, so this is our um, honorary mentions. Um, yeah, because these albums still mean a hell of a lot to us. But obviously, because we only did top five, they sort of, well, they just missed out. But I think... Yeah, so maybe if you've not listened to that episode, go back, pause this now, go back and listen to it. Apologise for the sound quality. 
remarkable, really, that we're able to record via the internet now, and the sound quality is actually better than when we were in the room with that original. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then come and rejoin us at this point, and you'll get almost a, a bonus half hour or so about some of the other albums. Yeah, because uh, um, so one of the albums, uh, there's no point really talking about um, because oh, we discussed it. We. <laughs> I know which one you mean. It's 100 Reasons, isn't it? <laughs> because we discussed it in such detail last time. Yeah, okay. So, you so I've subbed for... the starting line. So Say it like you mean it. Okay. Which didn't get mentioned. I don't know why I didn't mention it in my honorary mentions, because for a long while, it was definitely in my top five. So I don't know why it missed my the topic of conversation when we recorded at the time. But Say It Like You Mean It, starting line. So they were... On drive through records, very much a what you'd class as pop punk. Drive through was um, home to sort of Newfound Glory, um, Alistair. There was that band Midtown and Homegrown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I forgot, but RX Bandits were on drive through as well. Yeah, for a couple and of I, albums. And I don't, I, again, I could have just Googled it. Were Finch, was the first Finch album drive through? Uh, I want to say yes. They definitely, uh, they definitely had an album or two on Drive Through, didn't they? I, I think it was their first. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's got to have been. Yeah, so they, they they were around that sound. They were sort of likened to have a similar sound to Newfound Glory, Green Day, that sort of band. And then I think they came out and said, "Well, yeah, we do like Green Day, but we think our lyrics are a bit more meaningful." I swear, there's a quote from. Um, the front man, I forget his name now. You'll From know it. Starting line. Yeah. Kenny Vasoli. And that's or it. Vasoli or something like that. Yeah. So um, they were very much likened to a lot of other pop punks, uh, pop punk bands at the time. And that album's got Leaving On, Best of Me. They were sort of the big singles. But even other songs like Cheat to Cheat, the whole album is just insane. And for me, it was a, a big part of the noughties for me and going to shows they were the first ever big live band I saw because they were first support on the Real Big Fish tour in 2003 and I just instantly sort of fell in love with with them and although I sort of didn't like some of the other stuff they released later down the the years this album still is a massive album for me Uh, yeah really like it what was it you didn't like about the later ones out of interest um I don't know. I think, I, to be honest, I think it was a couple of bad live sets that I saw that maybe put me off them a bit. Yeah, and they changed it up quite a bit, didn't they? They they went a bit uh, more um, sort of like mid-tempo rather than the sort of faster stuff from that first album. Yeah, I saw them at Wedge and they even played the first album stuff mid-tempo. Yeah. They slowed it down and I think I just lost a bit of um, love from after a couple of Wedgwood shows. Um and I don't know, I, sometimes when you fall out or something. And then, to be fair, I saw them do their anniversary. I saw them at Slam Dunk, and then I saw them at Grows Rock. And actually... I, I might have gone to the Slam Dunk that year when they played. Yeah, yeah I think you were there. Um, I think we were stood with Mark Davis, uh, a, 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 an acquaintance of ours uh, at the time. Uh yeah, I just yeah, a couple of poor live performances put me right off them. I do love a, a good live band, and sometimes you fall out of love. But that that album still, I I, I you know I shake his hand. Um, 
of the whole band's hands and say, you know, thanks for that. That was a great album. Very pleasant of you. <laughs> well, I wouldn't then say all oh, but bedroom talk was a bit wishy-washy for me. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that second one, but I'd say go back and give the the third and the final one. But also there was a couple of tracks that they did, uh, I want to say 2016. It's like just like a okay. three-track EP that were really good. I think you'd like that. I think I have listened to that and... I think because it doesn't ring true that I found it awful, I'm going to say that I quite liked it. But he went off and did... Um, a personnel. It was Personnel, that was the one. Yeah. Which I didn't like either. Oh. Let's hope their press people aren't listening, but love this album, you know. Let's have a, a 20th anniversary tour. It will probably happen. Well, yeah, 2002 it was released, so we're not far off. What do you want to do then? Do you want to take turns on these? or? Oh yeah, you, you chuck one in now. Well, maybe keeping on, on the same theme then, similar sort of timeline, time frame rather, uh, I had Fallout Boy uh, take this to your grave. Oh, good one. Which, to be honest, like it just it's almost too obvious in a way, but that just speaks to how big that album was. And it wasn't really until the next album that they had like sort of chart success because mm-hmm. the next album was Sugar We're Going Down and Dance Dance and those hits but that first album I mean I, I don't know many people that don't like it so I mean like, e- even if you're indifferent about it I, I don't think there's anyone that really doesn't like that album like they just considering where they were coming up in you know through into this sort of like pop punk and then what became known as emo kind of like crossover period it was just a pretty solid album. Yeah. And, and when you look at what they've done now, and obviously what people know Fallout Boy for, it, I mean, I don't want to call them a cabaret act, but it's, there's a lot of production to their shows and a lot of sort of bells and whistles. And you go back to this album and it's just so subtle and simple, but the songwriting is probably as good as the songwriting is now. It just doesn't have all of that. Je ne, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> no, I mean... Um... Pizzazz or, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I'm stuck for a word. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, really, the heart of Patrick Stump's songwriting ability is just as present on that first album as it is on anything that they, you know, released that sold millions or billions. Oh, or God, yeah, but I'd argue even more so because these are the those original songs are what started getting them noticed. You know, they yeah. went from having... Um, that album to from under the cork uh, from under the cork tree. That's the one. Um, you know, but I still think you know. You put on Dead on Arrival, or um, uh, Grand Theft Autumn, uh, but that's the, what that. Um, hold on, I might as well just Spotify it so I'm not umming and ahhing. Yeah, you know, talk about those those first few tracks on there. They're just. Awesome. There were, it was an amazing album, and it was it was it was great from the start. It didn't take any warming up. You could put it on, and it was just like yes, it was just a yeah. solid album. And did like you say, I've not gone back and listened to it for a while, but I did maybe about a year or two ago, and just sort of listened to it through, and it, yeah, just was just like so pleasantly surprised at how much it stands up. Yeah, no, it's a, it's Consid- a great considering, album considering considering what it is, which is you know just a 
almost yeah a bit like the starting line one just you know a pretty straightforward uh punk you know pop punk album and just quickly yeah. have you checked out the um the new album uh the latest one mania yeah they've just released the greatest hits volume two yeah um but they are but yeah mania. mania what did you think of mania uh, there was a couple that I I just I didn't really enjoy, but for the most part it was all right. And there's a couple of songs on it because um, I think what they were doing with that album is I think they were trying to go a bit stranger. Like there's that yeah. um, Young and a Menace track. Do you know you familiar with that one? Which is no. it's almost like it breaks down and it's just like it's like a load of noise, but like in a very interesting and, and listenable and musical way. Um, yeah. I recommend checking it out. It's really good. Uh, that was the first track they released, and I thought, oh, this has the making of like more of a kind of like arty kind of album from them. And then I think they went back and kind of lost their bottle a little bit and and sort of wrote a few more radio hits for it. Uh, but then there was another one that I think maybe got left off the album that was on an EP they released maybe about a year later, which is in a similar vein. And I love it. I think it's really good. But I think they sort of backed away from going too weird. Well, actually, Mania... They, they've, got, they've got a background in sort of uh, hardcore, haven't they, all of them? Yeah, well, Mania was going to get released. Um, so if I can... So it was ended up being released in January. I think it originally had a release for um, end of 2017. Yeah. And Pete Wentz uh, was chatting with Patrick, and he said, because obviously he's a, a father now, um, Pete Wentz and he said this album isn't good enough for me to leave my family for a year to tour Yeah, we we need to make it better so they went back and re- and they did re-record a load of different other songs and improve on them um, I listened to him in a podcast about it and uh, the Armchair Expert one with Dak Shepard um and it's a really good listen, actually. Um, yeah, and he basically said, you know, I, we, I wasn't happy with the album and I didn't want to leave my family for an album I wasn't happy with. So, yeah, they did. They, like you say, they went back and they recorded um, a few of the songs again or, you know, altered mm. them and did something. And that's why it got a later release. Yeah, I find with most of their albums now that there's there's normally a couple that I just, I, I they just, I don't know, I don't say they find them irritating, but they just, I don't know. I don't. I don't enjoy them as much, but not in a way that I want to like write it off completely. Because I know that two tracks later will be a contender for one of my favourite songs we've ever done. Um, yeah. I'd say overall, I prefer their earlier, earlier stuff, but there has been some good stuff on the on the later albums. Yeah, I think I've sort of stopped. They 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 fell off my radar slightly after Folly Ado. Yeah, well, they they um they sort of disbanded for a few years, didn't they? But they weren't gone for long. I think it was like maybe two or three years, and then came back. Yeah, um, they had Save Rock and Roll that came out in 2013 and Folly Ado was 2008. Yeah, so that Save Rock and Roll one, there's a lot of tracks on there that if you if you listen to it, you could almost imagine it being played in the style of uh, Take This To Your Grave. Okay. It's just, it's just been played, you know, mid-tempo with a hell of a lot more production and, you know, that sort of... Interesting. There you go. That's one of mine. All right. So I will put in another one. Um, 
the ghost of a thousand um yeah this is where the fight begins uh, a brighton punk rock hardcore band uh this album was released in 2007 um they sort of gained uh traction i suppose by supporting the likes of um gallows cancer bats uh alex on fire poison the well they did like the festival circuits and a lot of sort of smaller shows um they definitely toured heavily uh when they were, f- they were first together that album um was nominated for so many awards and actually got them top five punk rock albums of the year from Q. It was top 11 albums of the year for rock sound. It was top six Kerrang! album of the year. They were up for best newcomer at the Kerrang! Awards after that album. Um, it is very much... Wow. What happened uh, to them? Well, they... they they signed then to Epitaph for the second album and they released the second album. And again, you know, they went, they did an East East pack antidote tour with anti-flag and Alexis on fire um, and four years strong. So a big, big tour. And I believe that tour was UK and Europe that went all around. And then they just disbanded, and I, I, I've not done the history of it. I don't know if they was, I don't think there was any differences because they, I, I believe they're all still friends. Um, but they are a band that I definitely think, you know. But I love both albums. Now, if you liken them to say another British hardcore band that got big, it has, you know, unfortunately you got well, not unfortunately because I love the first album. You have to sort of mention Gallows. And I personally think, as a body of work, this is where the fight begins. Holds up against that first Gallows album easily. But what Gallows had was a mouthy, arsehole frontman um, at the time who gained them a lot of press coverage because of his tattoos, the way he was. You know, he was a bit like a Johnny Rotten character. And the frontman of Ghost of a Thousand was a bit more, say, not reserved, because I do think he was a unreal frontman, a real maverick with the microphone. You know, he he had all the, the stage presence of any frontman I've seen, you know, from a, a, you know, a punk rock band that disbanded after two albums. Um, but yeah, that first album is huge. It was definitely one of those albums that I sort of saw the single on Kerrang!, for um a song called New Toy and I was like, Oh, this is heavy, you know, but I just I wasn't you know, heavy stuff isn't uh, you know, it's not the same as sort of Metallica and stuff, which is clearly another genre. You know, I had Iron Maiden albums and stuff. But I wouldn't I wouldn't class those bands as actually heavy, you know. Yeah. Uh, um but this was definitely a heavier album and I just loved it. I've gotten both on really cool vinyl. Um the front man's an artist, um, and he does he did the the covers for both the arms, and they're they're wicked. They're really nice vinyl, twelve uh, inch vinyls that I've got for both the albums. Um, yeah, loved it. Went to their last show in Brighton. Um, saw their last festival set at Heavy Fest, um, 
And then they did briefly get back together when Alexa on Fire sort of did a run of shows when they first, first said, look, we didn't say a proper goodbye to places. So this is a while ago because now Alexa on Fire are back with new singles. Um, so they did briefly get back together because Alexa on Fire asked them to support them because they were good friends. And they said, oh, we're going to get back together just to do this Brixton show because Alexa on Fire did a lot for us when we were a band. Um, but yeah, that first album's awesome. Um, check out singles like Black Art Number One and Left for Dead. Just a proper punk rock album, uh, and I, I love it. Still listen to it now. So awesome! I I don't know a lot about them, so I I can't really add a lot. But it's nice hearing you talk about it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Do you think they'll uh, they'll come back? Well, the frontman went to start a band called Yards, which is a little bit. Uh, further afield still very much hardcore but i don't know if it's quite fast um in the sense of those fast guitar do they call it math core or something yeah i'm yeah i know what you mean it's it's a it's too far for me it's it's not something i <laughs> i don't mind it but it's busy it's a it's busy music fair enough right how do i follow that um I will go for Kids and Grass Houses next. Uh, oh. And here's here's a little reveal for you. So when I read it out on the episode that we did, I said dirt when I meant smart casual. I remember I that at the time, actually. And I even tried in the edit to drop me in saying smart casual. <laughs> it just didn't work at all. So on the episode, you've just got me saying Kids and glass houses, and it just like it's it doesn't quite sound natural. Go back and you'll hear it. Um, so yeah, the album was Smart Casual. I just remember having some knowledge of them before this because I played a gig with them weirdly like two years earlier at the the room upstairs at the Opera House when it was still the Opera House in London. Yes, you uh, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't tell my about London. Uh, Boscombe in Bournemouth. Uh, now I can honestly say that I didn't watch their set, and all I can remember from the back of the venue because it was this really awkward setup in that room. If you remember, where like the merch was like behind a wall, so if yeah. you were on the merch tables, you couldn't see the show. So yeah. I was there, and I, I didn't see any of it, but I do remember hearing them play a cover of that Ashley Simpson song, that La La. Do you remember that? No. Uh, okay. I'll put it on the playlist for the show. Yeah, do. Anyway, <laughs> I'll give you a laugh. Um, then suddenly, I guess, yeah, what was it, about a year or two later, um, they came out with uh, Smart Casual. Yeah. I just I just remember being, like, just amazed at how fresh it sounded at the time because most of what was coming out was either sort of very heavy at that point you know it was the kind of like the sort of emo hardcore it was that era and then there was this kind of like quite pretty sounding i guess they weren't really a pop punk band really i would just say they were just a kind of a brit rock band actually but it there was just something about their sound that just just sounded fresh and i think a lot of it is down to the, how good the production was it was um uh, I want to say the guy's called Ramesh from Longwave Studios in Cardiff. Yes, I can't um, remember what his surname is. 
No, that's the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was listening to him on Boxton earlier on today. So oh, I, I listened to, to it on. last night. I didn't want to dive in. It was a good episode. I didn't want to dive in and get the uh, the name wrong. Oh, sorry, I, I think sorry, people just call him Long Way for a Mesh, don't they? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but he's a really nice guy, and obviously when we did the the vinyl release, we we dealt with him quite a bit, and he was he was very pleasant. Um, but yeah, and then like it just seemed that like all of my friends really liked that album as well, and I actually I think it's a, a lot better than Dirt as an album. Uh, I still think Dirt's good, but it's a bit with with kids. It's a bit like Hundred Reasons, what we were saying, where like the second album kind of just like did what the first album did again. And I think that's kind of what they tried to do with Dirt, but I don't know. There's just something a bit more, I don't know, a bit more Dirty. Sort of like, <laughs> a bit more pure about uh, Smart Casual, whereas Dirt was not contrived, but they knew at that point what they were doing. Whereas I think Smart Casual had that sort of like almost innocence of it being the first album and almost like a bit of a fluke. What were the big uh, singles off Dirt? You had uh, Young Blood, uh, Matters oh, yeah. at All. Do you know what Mass- I mean? Like, Matters at big, All is the one I remember. Big singles, and you know when they play gigs, they are huge songs in the set. But for me, I'll always prefer Easy Tiger, uh, Me Me Me, or Give Me What I Want, as it became known as, um, and Saturday, Lovely Bones. Saturday, Saturday, it's, yeah. It's a great album. It What's the really, one really where, um, where it starts sick of always keeping score? Uh, Put your money where your mouth is. That's Easy Tiger. Yeah, great single. Yeah, very good. Um, I kind of got a bit tired of it for a period of time because when we did the uh, the pressing, I had to sort of listen to it over and over when we got the test pressings because this was at a point where we couldn't afford to get it wrong. So I think out of paranoia, I probably listened to it about five times to check it. <laughs> Whereas, to be honest, some of the later stuff I didn't listen to quite as uh, intently. Um, look oh, forward yeah. to having to listen to it again at some Thank point. Thanks for bringing so, that to the table. It's right. uh, Was there anything else on that one? I don't think there was. I, I'm, I'm done. That, that's my love letter to Smart Casual. All okay. right, okay. All right, so for my next one... Um, I am making no apologies for loving this album. Um, I think I know which one it is. And I, I don't pretend that I like the new stuff. They sort of fell off my radar, I guess, after X and Y. Um, which I think is the second album. <laughs> so let me have a quick look if you haven't worked second that out. The second one was um, Russia Blood to the Head. Yes. So actually, yes. I don't mind some of the. I don't mind the X and Y album that had. Oh, that had fix you on, didn't it? Um, the X and Y album, but also it had amazing song, hardest part. No, speed of sound and the hardest part. Yeah. So I I went about three albums in, and then Viva La Vida. I wasn't as keen have you, on. Have you have you revealed who it is, or are we assuming that people will know this? No, no, no. I I haven't. I'm doing the big reveal now. Oh, it's. <laughs> It's Coldplay. Um, Are you sure? And um, Parachutes. Not not Snow Patrol? No, no. It was... Um, and I, I will simply... And I, I, I listened to the album today. I went through every track. And this is insane, really. Um, 
There's not one track that's bad. Every single track is good, including the hidden track. Um, including the oh, hidden I, track I at the end of... Yeah, it's at the very end of Everything's Not Lost. Um, it it runs on. Um, but yeah. Did, did F, you get a little uh, bit of it there? Yeah, you did, because I was there thinking it might come up with the name of it on Spotify. Yeah. But from literally the start, Don't Panic, Shiver, Spy, Sparks, Yellow, Trouble, Parachutes, High Speed, We Never Change, Everything's Not Lost. Every Every single track is amazing. It was nominated for a Mercury Prize. I don't care who you are. When Yellow came out, it grabbed your attention and you knew about this band, you knew about this album. And regardless of what they've gone on to do now, people would be telling a bloody lie if they didn't say they that Parachutes was an album they knew of or knew about. And if they listened to it now and got rid of their um, opinions of what Chris Martin and when he became with um, Gwyneth Paltrow and he became a celebrity when they were just four guys, friends making proper, um, you know, post-Brit-pop. It was a post-Brit-pop album. Uh, they were, you know, it's a, it's a phenomenal album. It's, it's a, an amazing album. <laughs> you did like the follow-up, though, didn't you? Um, Rush of Blood to the Head. Well, with I The Scientist remember... and stuff like that. Well, I can remember, is it In My Place was the, the first big hit from that? Oh, I can great song. I can remember quite yeah see I can remember quite clearly um listening to that at your house on vinyl yeah I've got it yeah Seven but then inch. but then you've got other tracks God put a smile upon your face clocks you know that album's great as well they they really and again that album got nominated for a Mercury Prize um didn't win it but um yeah just well. What an amazing, yeah, fair play to them. Like, what a career they've had. Like, and they've, you know, I know they became a, the subject of one of my lyric jokes. Um, but to be still, fair, when you, when you introduced that, you introduced it with, you know, with complete love for, um, and, and respect, shall we say, for, for Chris Martin. You, you apologised before you even did it. Which yeah. is not, you haven't afforded that, uh, that luxury for everyone. No, um, and I'm yet to see Coldplay live, uh, which is a shame. I don't know. Uh, I've heard amazing things, and uh, Christy, my my wife, has seen them, and she said it was insane. She said it. You can't deny the the show they put on, and I'm sure that's very true. Like when we imagine it being a bit like when we saw you two. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it being exactly the same. So yeah, right. I, I, there's not a bad track on that album. Cool. Um, I had something else I was going to ask about it, but I've forgotten now. Oh yeah, a trivia question for you: Where oh, was right. the video for Yellow filmed? Um, oh, that's um, what's it called? Uh, no, no. Studland Beach. No, I wasn't going to say Studland Beach. I was. What was I going to say? Great Yarmouth. <laughs> no, what's the one um, near Hangsbury Head on the other side? Oh, uh, Muddiford's. That's um, the one. I Avon. was going to say Muddiford, uh, Muddiford Key. Yeah, no, Sutherland. Also, where they filmed uh, the Spanish episode of Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Don't say you don't get any trivia on this podcast. Uh, right, what have I got next? Um, 
I'm going to go to Head Awesome Massacre. Oh, good one. Their first album. Um, now, I think they were quite ahead of their time. Or is it Daryl Palumo? Is that how you yeah. his name? Yeah. Oh, awful with these names. Uh, he was quite ahead of his time in terms of being somebody from a hardcore band, obviously Glassjaw, who, um, who went on to do something quite different. Because there was plenty of other artists that have done that since. Obviously, you, you quite often get them do like the kind of like uh, acoustic solo, acoustic song, singer songwriter type thing. Uh, yeah. But even like the the Midtown guy went on to do um, that's a, you know spoke about earlier on actually Midtown went on to do uh, Cobra Starship. You remember that band? Yes, I do remember that band. That was the that was the front man from Midtown, Gabe Sporter, I think. Yeah. Oh, um, well done. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but this album, I mean, it's still like, it still fuses, I feel like, some of like his influences. Like, it's quite heavy in places, but it's like this, like, explosion of sound, like, throughout. And it's just like, just like the most catchy, like, radio hits, but done in such like a, not say aggressive, but like in such an intense way. Yeah, I get that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, even Beating Hearts Baby, which is, is quite a uh, sort of straightforward pop song in a way, it's still played like a full band song. Do you know what I mean? But wouldn't sound out of place on the radio. Yeah, it's, it's guitar driven, isn't it? Um, yeah. that's, that's And then his, his stylistic vocal performance over the top of most of these tracks. Like, he's definitely... Um, he's comfortable with his voice, if that makes sense. Like he, yeah. you know, the way he he goes up and down his range. Like he's not scared of going a bit higher, a bit lower. He's a he's a clever man with it with vocally, and some of his lyrics and his the, his melodies, they're they're pr- they're pretty out there. But they're like you say, they they fit the pop hit, um, sort of persona. And yet, yeah, like you say, they, but there's definite heavy parts from the guitar and the and the, the the sort of punk rock drums behind some of the tracks. Yeah, so you'll get ones like, I mean, I think it's it's the closing track that I shot William H Macy, which is yes. like so in your face. But then like there's other tracks on the album that are just like it just breaks down into like some sort of like quirky like hip hop or like disco track or something. And it's just like yeah, it's so diverse. And like some of the people that he like pulled in for it, like he's got Tim Armstrong. On one of the tracks, and then like the the sisters from Isley, you know the band that we yeah um, yeah that were also on the Newfound Glory album, yeah yeah it's just like a real sort of like sound clash album, isn't it? It's just like loads of different influences just packed in, and then like the follow up that sort of stripped out a lot of the kind of like fuzzy kind of noise of the first album and was like more of a kind of a straightforward like sort of more disciplined sound. But was also yeah, well, good. even the lead single "Graduation Day" was definitely had more structure to it. Yeah, yeah that album was okay. Well, I, I liked them both. Yeah, I, I, I liked I, them but both. I'm happy to. I'm happy to admit that um, "Decadence" is is probably more interesting. Yeah, I think that's what the difference for me. It was. It was more interesting. It grabbed grabbed my attention a bit more. Awesome. Right, what you got next? Um. I'm going to go with Las Vegas, self-titled. I remember I was glad that you picked this before because I probably would have picked it myself. 
Yeah, so um, Mercury nomination, number two in the UK album charts. Um, Scottish indie rock band. Um, sort of atmospheric sound, I guess you'd sort of describe a lot of it. I think it long... sort of falls into shoegaze almost, doesn't it, at times? Yeah, that's the, yeah that's interesting that you say that. Because... Um, they were probably one of the only bands with this sound at the time. Yeah. So it's almost like they were inventing their own genre for it. Yeah, I think that was almost their downfall as well, though. I don't think they ever quite found somewhere where they belonged. And I think they struggled after because of it. Yeah. There wasn't. There almost wasn't like a scene that they sort of built up around them that was there to welcome them back. Yeah, so really... Uh... Really interesting point you make there. Um, Do you know what I mean? Though, like it just, it just like was they weren't nestled in anything. They just and no, it, I, I they're can, still the same now. I can remember like, hearing um, "Daddy's Gone" on the radio, and yeah, there wasn't. There's not anyone I can think of initially who would follow that. Yeah, that's it. And I think like they almost like when they come back, it's like who do you put them on with? Because like we saw them. The first time going back to U two again at that Wembley gig, which was just so odd, really. Like, it didn't work at all. Like, it, you know yeah, what I mean? it like, a, it, but it, it did really a wedding. Do you, rem- do you remember that wedding? Oh yeah, before? yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because they got it got to be that they got to do their own thing there. And yeah, like, they were co they were co headlining the Radio One stage because, um, as a bit of trivia. <laughs> Jane's Addiction were headlining that day. Do you, do you know this? No. Las Vegas weren't the headliner. They were right. on second to last. Okay. And Jane's Addiction pulled out two minutes before um, because apparently the front man developed a cold. But it was clearly due to the fact that the tent emptied and then didn't refill with Jane's Addiction fans. <laughs> oh, right. What, after Las Vegas? Yeah, it was dead. Let oh, me just okay. check. okay. So, so, so Las Vegas didn't knowingly headline it. They were just the last band that played that day. Yes. Um, okay, that ch- makes sense, yeah. What year was that? Was it 2008? Nine. 2009. Nine. Let me just check my facts there. But definitely the Jane's Addiction thing is true, regardless of if it was the same year. Um, no, sorry, wrong year. Gossip came on afterwards. What year am I thinking of? Um, <laughs> <laughs> either way, my bit of my bit of trivia is hilarious because it it happened. And but it I don't didn't know. To Las Vegas. No, who did it happen okay. to? Because I was right. wait there. Now, I'm gonna have to check this back. This should have been the Reading Festival episode. I fucked up here, haven't I? Um, oh, it's gonna take me forever to find. <laughs> sure, I can't. What? What a poor piece of gossip, and yet a good piece of gossip. Oh, here we go. Crystal Car- Crystal Castles uh, played before. We were on before, were they? Yeah, and then, because I saw, um, because then Jane's Addiction were meant to come on, but they didn't, so Crystal uh, Castles ended up okay. unknowingly headlining. But yeah. What year was that then, sorry? 2011. Uh, okay, no, it wasn't. Only a couple of years then? out. Can't remember was or not. My chem headlines. Um, was it the Friday? Sorry. 
No, it's a Saturday. You left on the Friday, no. didn't you? No. No, that was Because Muse, Muse played Origin of Symmetry in full that day. Okay. Which was insane. Um, so let's talk more about Las Vegas. Sorry. <laughs> so they, they're still regularly playing shows and basically playing just this album. I mean, they did an album tour, but they do like... Um, the odd like acoustic show or whatever now, a couple of them. Yeah, they do and a lot they, of that, and, don't they? And they basically just play the songs from this album. Like the, I think they've given up on the, the later two albums. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I think there's some more right stuff on the other two, but happy to agree that it's this first album of theirs that's the um the essential listen. Well Ge- Geraldine is one of my top tracks ever. Really, I think lyrically it's amazing. I think it, I think musically it's fantastic. But yeah, I do, I absolutely love Geraldine as a track. I think what I like about the album as a whole is it's like it. There's something about it that feels almost cinematic. Do you know what I mean? Like you feel like you're because of the storytelling in that in it, and there's even like one song that is basically just like him saying, "I'm going to get stabbed," <laughs> isn't there? Yeah, like it almost feels like that's like, like part of the film, yeah. you know. And like the, I guess just like the sort of grandeur of like some of the songs that like we were saying, like it's just like it's enormous in places. Like it yeah. just sounds like this very sort of like melodramatic, um, like Scottish film, like train spotting or something less uh, fun. No, it, it, when it first came out, like it, I didn't get into it in two thousand eight when it came out. Um, I definitely arrived later. Yeah, I think we were both definitely a year later, weren't we? Um, and even now, like um, you got like uh, the singles "Loans from Swan," "Flowers and Football Tops," "Geraldine," "Daddy's Gone." I think they were the possibly the four singles. Maybe it was only three. Um, but yeah, I think did "Daddy's Gone" get re-released as a single? I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it did. I think they they did a couple of the songs. Sort of independently originally. Then when they got signed, they re-released them. Yeah, the I remember it being record of the week on Radio One, and it was a, a huge song. And um, you couldn't move for love and money with people saying he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know they did it all around my house. <laughs> but yeah, great album, great bands. Great live bands. Um, yeah, it's a shame they, they sort of didn't have more. But like you say, the, the next couple of albums, they were good. The old TV turns to static and whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think the third album I prefer to the second album. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. Although um, there's some really depressing stuff on that third album. <laughs> there is. Um, yeah, later when the TV turns to static, I think that is... song that yeah that title track's really good. Yeah, and Youngblood I think's good. Shine like stars was the big single off uh, Euphoric Heartbreak, wasn't it? And um, the world is yours, and I think Euphoria Take My Hand was the other one. Yeah, so I think I've got yeah. the seven inch somewhere. But... Oh, lovely. But yes, you know, I don't, they're not bad albums. They're just not. Unfortunately, another first album 
reaching silly success. And then if you've got anyone in the world has got to be some sort of, you know, it's, it's tough. Especially like you say, when you, you're almost creating your own genre that wasn't instantly filled with other bands. I suppose yeah. in latter years or a similar time, the XX possibly might have. They were a bit quirky, but they weren't quite as um, orchestral. In Although they didn't have an orchestra at Las Vegas, in their sort of sound that they were creating, you could almost imagine it being accompanied by some sort of orchestra some of the intros and whatnot well they they kind of yeah i guess that the production it had that sort of like wall of sound sort of effect didn't it in places not bad idea that actually royal albert hall las vegas playing that in full accompanied by an orchestra um maybe we'll do a kickstarter (laughs) um i'll follow that one with uh a similar not similar similar in a way but from the same time period grammatics who I was really into, um, who again had that sort of like massive sound, but I, I, but completely different to Las Vegas, where Las Vegas obviously had that sort of like Scottish kind of charm. Like Grammatics was very much a kind of like art school sort of style band, you know, like and very sort of like sort of like uh, Southern British kind of approach to things, like. Completely different, but in a similar kind of vein. Um, but weirdly, yeah. you know, talking about, you know, seeing Las Vegas for the first time at um, Wembley Stadium, the first time I saw Grammatics was at the Gander on uh, Old Nurse Road, which was basically just like a stage in the corner of a pub, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what was it called? Uh, Gander on the Green. Gander on the Green, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. And it became the Metropole, I think, at one point. Um, oh, Yeah. But again, like they had that sort of like melodramatic kind of sound to them. And like, I don't know, I think there was just, I was at a point in my life where I was, I was being a bit melodramatic, I think. And it just kind of just fit me at that time. Um, yeah, very moody in places. And yeah, great album. But I remember, I don't know whether you remember this, we did an interview when we were on tour, like the following year, um, when we were yeah. in Leeds. And I can't remember the guy's name. Like I, was, I stayed in touch with him for a long time. But he, he was asking us, like, oh, what bands are you listening to then like, on the road? And I remember, like, making, like, a really, like, pretentious, like, point of, like, saying, oh, yeah, I've been listening to um, to, to Leeds' own uh, grammatics. So that kind of flies in the face of what I said just a second ago about them being from southern England. They're actually from Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it's in the interview, and I'm sure I can probably find it. Well, like everyone's like, yeah, like Day to Remember, or like Forty <laughs> Strong, like all bands that sounded like the band that we were in. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I yes. can remember that interview Gra- so well. Grammatics <laughs> from uh... actually, it might not have been Grammatics that were from Leeds. It might have been the label they were on, Dance to the Radio, because I had like a satchel with the Dance to the Radio logo on that I was carrying around that whole tour. Like oh. in hindsight, it was just a pretentious thing that I was doing to try and appear to be into some uh, some interesting music. Uh, but no, genuinely, I do love that album. And it was a shame that they didn't do much more. I think they did, they did another EP, uh, and that was it. Yeah. So that they didn't last for long. And I think two of the members might have even changed during that time. Because uh, they had a cello. And obviously, that gave like that massive sound on stage. Yeah. Um, saw them play the Bic around the same time. and uh, Supporting who? Block Party. 
And oh we, wow! We didn't go to see Block Party. We went to see Grammatics. I don't think we even stayed for much of Block Party. Oh, fair play! But yeah, the the album is self-titled, by the way. If anyone's interested in looking it up, and I highly recommend it. I can I can also recommend that, although it, it isn't the first time I'd pick up. I remember listening to it because you had, and obviously I came to see them at that gig, and I was blown away with their with their sound that they produced. Uh, on stage, and they were certainly a great live band when I saw them. So yeah, I can I I agree. Um, I think it was Tom that put them on. So thanks, Tom, for that. Yes, because he went for a stage of putting on um the heavier band that they were supporting. Ah uh, yes, it was a uh, Rollo Tomasi gig, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Rollo Tomasi headlined, and uh, and I took photographs of that gig. I believe. What on your mobile? No, I didn't. Who did I take photos of? Oh, the next time Rolo Tomasi played, I think I took a camera and I photographed them at a band called Black Hole. Ah, uh, yeah, at um, Champions. Yes, it might have been at Champions. No, yeah. it was a, it, no, a Black Hole played Gander back in. Oh, right. Maybe um, it wasn't getting a little Rolo Tomasi then. But, uh, yeah. I think it was the second time Tom put them on. I swear it was the second time Tom put them on, and I didn't, I didn't pay. I just came and just took photos for some reason. Yeah, I mean, Rolo Tomasi is a band that we could talk about sometime in terms of bands that I've had no interest in listening to, but I've been to see twice. Yeah. <laughs> because the live show is quite entertaining. I don't know whether they're still doing anything. They are, they are. Right, so who's your... They've had a bit of... Who's your last one? Um, yes, I've miscounted here uh, because I have no more notes. <laughs> I had I had Bombay Bicycle Club. Yes, I believe that was the I had the blues and I shook them. But so, for some reason Can you talk I've about it on the on the any... fly? Or do you want to save it for I can a... talk about You can do that or you can I, save it for a future blast in the past if you like. One, two, three. Yes, I've got four here. And on the page before, I've got five written down. I think it's because I've got 100 reasons written down as well. Uh, yeah. But I've scribbled through that and written mentioned already underneath it. And I think that's confused me. Um, but Bombay Bicycle Club, um, I had the blues, but uh, I shook them. Yeah, maybe I'll do it as a blast from the past because I'd like to give them the attention and the segment they deserve. Right. And I could spill a couple of minutes on them because I love every album they've done. Um, they're a band that have, every, well, five albums in now, and I love them all. Um, and at one point they were sort of disbanding, but they're back together. Um, as I said in one of the episodes, I missed seeing them in Bournemouth this year. Um, and uh, Christy went instead. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I'll do that as a blast from the past in the next episode, because I want to give them more time. Okay, then. I'll save mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, but, well, we'll do four. Yeah, that's nice. We can start the next episode with it, and that gives people something to either look forward to or something to skip. <laughs> I mean, this is. I'm looking at the the timer. This is this is our longest episode so far. <laughs> oh, well, we've got a little bit of time to cut out, um, but yes, maybe it's not a bad idea because um, I messaged you on the Zencaster messaging thing at 41 minutes. <laughs> Uh, and I remember it being 41 minutes, and that was an hour ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I mean, maybe this is our uh, thing that we ought to do with the stay-at-home sessions, is just see how long we can actually uh, run for each time. Uh, but... If you've stuck with us, uh, and I know a few listeners who would have, well done. 
uh, you've reached the end of the episode when we're about to give you our bank details. Um... <laughs> Two, five, seven, five. No. Oh, God, that, that was close. Um, well, this has been fun. But no, I've... It... Yeah, I've enjoyed that. I think amazing what two weeks can do in the world of music, isn't it? Yeah, and a whole decade of albums that uh, just keeps giving. Um, I've got an idea for a couple of segments for the next one. So again, hopefully... Oh, that was one thing that I thought I'd mention. So maybe we'll look at this on the next uh, show. But we had that email come in today from somebody. And if this person is listening, thank you very much. Someone sent us probably about 10, 15 uh, potential topics. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think I think we'll we'll make a nod to it on the Instagram, Two Track My Pod. But we should definitely cover this in more depth next time. Yeah, we did have the running order for today pretty much nailed yesterday. So when this came in today, we were like, ah, that'd be one for the next session. So I think that's But we've, we've had the email. We're very flattered by it. Uh, for the response we will thank you for the email and we will give it more time because it deserves it because you went to the effort of emailing us yes you didn't give a name but we won't read out your email address because that's not fair um so let's call it a day shall we i think i'm about ready for bed yeah now. where can they find you liam you can find me when i'm up and about not in bed at liam tongs and liamtoms.com and you can find me at Run With Ed, and you can find us at Two Track Mind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and just Two Track Mind on Facebook. But that's more just to have, uh, so don't expect too much on that. But we, certainly the Twitter and the Instagram, we do try and update and post occasionally um, when there is stuff that's relevant. We yeah, like we've bombard been, people. We've been making an effort to to list out the bands that are mentioned on each show and include some of the songs in the Spotify playlist. So look out. For oh, them as we well. haven't mentioned the Dario G. <laughs> Let's mention that again. Three things to mention next episode: Dario G, an email, and two blasts from the past that should have been fitted into this now mammoth episode. It's like a lottery rollover. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll say good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.